Welcome to New York Institute of Technology's podcast, The Scope. Produced by the College of Osteopathic Medicine, our episodes focus on the medical school experience and how it helps shape future physicians. Learn about exciting new health and wellness initiatives, cutting-edge medical research and technology, and how to effectively navigate medical school. We are excited to have you join us. Good evening and welcome to the Scope Podcast. I'm Nadim Kwasi, third-year medical student, SGA president, and podcast committee member at the NYITCOM New York campus. I'm pleased to be your host for today's podcast. Today, we're joined by an amazing panel of medical students and faculty physicians who will share their insights and experiences regarding the benefits of medical students attending conferences during medical school. Please welcome from our New York campus, third-year medical student, valued podcast committee member, and SGA parliamentarian, Hannah English. We have second-year medical student and SGA first vice president, Christina Bogdani. And from our Arkansas campus, we have fourth-year medical student and valued podcast committee member, Abu Bakr Malik, and third-year medical student and SGA executive president, Jasmine Stewart. We're all very pleased to be joined by our faculty panelists. From our Arkansas campus, please welcome Dr. Adrian Loftus, Assistant Professor, Clinical Specialties at Arkansas Campus. And from our New York campus, we have Dr. Matthew Heller, Associate Professor of Family Medicine at our New York campus. And thank you for joining us today. So to start off the conversation, I wanna bring up something I think everyone in our field experiences, not to speak for everyone, but at least myself personally, imposter syndrome. While you're meeting all these successful physicians and brilliant students, did you ever feel a sense of imposter syndrome? And how did you deal with it? Well, I can start off the conversation on that. I think that imposter syndrome doesn't just apply to conferences. You know, we all have felt that throughout medical school and you're probably going to feel it during residency and you might even feel it as an attending. I'm sure our faculty members can touch on that part. But I think what you have to remember is that like we tell ourselves every day while we're studying and we just like need a little more inspiration. Like we're here for a reason. We're here to learn. We're here to maybe have a good time while we're doing it. And that's the most important part. So look back on the reasons why you came to medical school, you know, why you came to this conference and just be confident because everyone has that feeling every now and again. Does anyone have anything to add on to that? Yeah, go ahead, Christina. Just to add to that, uh, some things I like to remind myself, because I've definitely also felt that way, is that if I think about how I viewed medical students when I was in high school or even in undergrad, or even during my gap year, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I hope I can accomplish that someday. And so, you know, just reminding myself of how I used to uh, perceive that accomplishment before I got to this point um, really puts it into perspective and makes me feel better and makes me feel like I do belong. And then the second thing I like to always remind myself is that I'm surrounded by accomplished physicians. So it makes it nerve wracking, but they're all there wanting to help students um, because they've been in our shoes before and they've done nothing but offer mentorship and help and advice. So that helps ease my feelings of imposter syndrome. Thanks, Christina. That's a great response. So in today's panel, we have a lot of collective experience in attending medical conferences. Uh, and also everyone here is at very different stages of their medical career. 
what do you guys think are some of the overall benefits to attending these? And would you say that they're required to succeed as a medical student? I guess I can take this one. Um, I definitely think it's a huge benefit to attend conferences. I attended so far, I think three. And one of the biggest things that's helped me is just building the community and networking with physicians who, like Hannah alluded to earlier, who just want to help us. And I think that if anything, I've had opportunities arise for me. I've had mentorship where they are trying to help me set up fourth year election electives. I mean, I think as a third year med student, any help and guidance for fourth year from mentors would be fantastic. So if I had not attended those conferences, I don't know how easily I would have been able to build those relationships. So I don't think that, you know, it should be like required for those people who may be slightly introverted. I mean, this may be difficult for them, but I also think there's a huge benefit to building that network when you go to conferences. I completely agree. Networking is a skill and I feel like conferences are the best way to build upon that. I think one of the biggest benefits of a, of attending conferences has to be the amount of inspiration that you get just being exposed to physicians from different fields, different types of people. This past month in OMAD, I had a chance to meet with Dr. Omar Latif. And, you know, he has a very similar background as me and he's such an awesome physician. And that really fueled me, like going into my fourth year right now doing like ERAS applications. So I think that inspiration is like this big, huge getaway that you can get from conferences. I agree. That's a great answer. Thank you, Abu. I think both students have actually just touched on some of the benefits that you can get from going to conferences as far as networking and inspiration. I myself started going to conferences when I was a first year medical student all throughout medical school. I went, I saw people of similar backgrounds. It made me realize how small my current world might be and how big the world is out there, but yet I'm just literally a phone call away or a conference away from meeting somebody who is similar to me or who can actually help me go to the next level or think of what I maybe still have questions about. I also have a I think a pretty good uh, networking uh, example as far as I actually met someone who's a great friend of mine now. She actually helps coordinate the conferences for one of the big specialty organizations. And when I met her, I had finished residency. I was out in a job, uh, but at the same time, I was transitioning from that job and she grabbed me by the arm and she started introducing me to all of these different physicians where I could maybe get a job out of residency. So I think that uh, inspired me to realize how I also can give back to the organizations that I conference with or my specialty itself in helping people who are coming up under me. That's very true. Thank you, Dr. Loftus. Yeah, networking is so powerful. And, you know, uh, I feel like people have been able to get into the jobs of their dreams just based off of one of these conferences sometimes. Go ahead, Dr. Heller. I think one of the things is when you go to a conference, you go to a conference where you're inspired by so many people in the same specialty that you're either considering or that you're already into. And um, when I was a second year medical student, I wanted to do family medicine. And I knew that I wanted to be involved with family medicine 
And so what I did was I went to a conference, first conference was out in Denver. And I would never normally go to Denver, but this was a great way to get out there, to network, to meet people across the country. And then once I got into the family medicine, I realized sports medicine was the way I wanted to go. Uh, so I went to a whole bunch of sports medicine conference. And when you're there, you're surrounded by people who love sports medicine. Right? And one of the um, one of my mentors that I met who ended up writing me a letter of recommendation later on was actually the doctor for AEW on TV. Right. So you guys know pro wrestling, right? AEW, we network. Um, he got my number. And now that I'm attending, he, um, he actually texted me uh, the past year. And when AEW comes to New York, I'm always invited to go visit and help him out at AEW. So I think that the amount of networking that can come from just meeting people, meeting people that have the same passion for you, and getting new ideas that people are doing from all over the country. I think there's so many different benefits that can play a role. Yeah, and that clearly did work out for you. I know how involved you are still with the pro wrestling, so love to see it. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Dr. Loftus. Nadim, I also want to talk about a few more benefits that you can actually probably gain from going to conferences. So as you get ready for each year to go into classes, remember that a lot of conferences are gonna have lectures there. So it can help to either solidify or introduce you to information that's coming up in the curriculum. It also gives you the opportunity to, as you are transitioning into third year, fourth year, getting very close to applying to residencies, meeting program directors, actually doing mock interviews, the specialty that I'm in, OBGYN, they actually offer mock interviews for third and fourth year. You can actually win prizes to actually get you to come back to other conferences, as well as prizes that could just be something that you have in your white coat pockets while you're out on rotations or for the rest of your life. So there are many different benefits to actually going to conferences. Wow, those are definitely great skills to have that I feel like conferences would be able to provide. That's awesome. All right, so I mean, in the same vein then, right? Say, imagine you're a med student. You just meet this doctor that works at the hospital of your dreams. You get the email, you get the phone number, you get whatever. How do you follow up? What's the best way to follow up with that doctor right after you meet them at a conference? Dr. Heller, would you like to talk about this one? Yes, that's a great question, because when you go to the conferences, you're going to meet a lot of different people. And um, a lot of people are sharing ideas, sharing contact information. Right. So I think one of the best way to follow up is to send them an email or send them a text message, whatever way they prefer, and to do it early on when it, within the first one to two weeks when everybody when the conference is over. Right? The longer you wait, then you might fade away from their memory and all the good conversation that you had might kind of fade away. So within a week, within two weeks, just send them a quick text message, send them a quick email, right? And then that's how you're going to stay in contact with them in the long run. That's true. I mean, I'm sure these busy doctors have a lot in their mind as well. So you want to make sure you're hitting them up while you're fresh in there, you know? Hannah, would you like to add anything? Yeah, just something to add to Dr. Heller. Um I think that whenever I've tried to reach out to an attending doctor, I know sometimes it can be kind of scary. You don't know what to say and you don't want to bother them. But honestly, they wouldn't give you their contact information if they weren't open to talking with you. So that's one point. When you email them or text them, just try to remember, like Dr. Heller said, they're meeting a lot of people. So remind them, hi, this is 
Hannah English, I met you on this day of the conference and I really appreciated the conversation we had about like orthopedic sports injuries or something along those lines and email them or text them with a goal in mind. So if you're looking for mentorship, be sure to say that in your message or if you're looking for research, add that in there so that you have some sort of directive in talking to them. So that's what I would suggest. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. Jasmine, I saw you raise your hand. You wanna chime in on this one? Yeah, I totally forgot to mention. So uh, this is like a half success story slash how to follow up. I went to a minority medical conference. This is prior to me getting into medical school. And as a non-traditional student, I was like, I gotta do whatever I can. So I flew to Arizona from Atlanta just for this conference, okay? And I understand not all the people, you know, not as many people may have the means to do that, but I saved just for this. And my friend gave me advice, hey, like you have to do something to make them remember you. They're gonna see thousands of students at this conference. What are you gonna do to stand out? I ended up making a pamphlet with my photo on it on the front and my name down the side. And inside had my stats about my NCAT, my GPA, a little bit of my background and where I'm from hometown. And I passed those out to every medical school that was at this conference. I'm talking about 70 medical schools, DO, MD, doesn't matter. And I got their card in return. And as soon as I came home, I sent them an email. And in my signature, I put that same picture that I had on the pamphlet. And I, it cost me like 30 bucks to print out like 50 pamphlets or hundred pamphlets. And I flew to Arizona and passed them out and here I am in med school. So it helps and it's different. And I didn't see anybody else doing that out of the hundreds of students, you know, prospective students that were there. So I think one of the things that we can also like lean into with that story is I was so nervous. First of all, I wasn't even in med school yet. There were so many medical students there, so many deans and program directors there. And I'm just like overwhelmed with imposter syndrome, but I just war I just pretended the confidence and sometimes when you just fake it till you make it it works I think that's that ties into a previous question and as well as answering this current one so totally forgot about that story till Hannah just said something to remind me no no that's great fake it till you make it is something I think almost every med student subscribes to so that's great and it's cool that you had your your CV basically printed on a business card just passed it out to everyone that's awesome Abu would you like to add on to that yeah absolutely so I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but say you do reach out to like a doctor and they don't respond and you're like persistent and following up and they still don't respond. It's not the end of the world. There's plenty of doctors out there that are willing to help you out. So don't just hone in on just one person and think that your entire medical career just depends on this one person. So be consistent, keep shooting your shot at like multiple people. Don't just hone in on just one and don't be discouraged. That's one of the biggest things. May I add something to what Abu just brought up is if you don't get a response from that uh, physician the first time, I would recommend similar to like a job interview, contacting them again, maybe seven to 10 days later, re-sending them an email or a text message. If you sent a text message, maybe send the email or do the opposite. So definitely don't give up in uh, contacting someone. Remember, everybody's life is different. That's huge. Thank you both so much. Yeah, persistence is key. If you let yourself getting ghosted by one doctor let you down, then it's going to be impossible to network. So like Abu said, you got to keep shooting your shot and then eventually one of them's going to go in. 
Okay, so this is a question probably a little bit more geared towards the current medical students. Med school's busy. That's that's no secret. Everyone knows med school's busy. But can medical students still balance attending conferences with their coursework during the preclinical years? And if yes, how many conferences would you guys say are too many conferences? I think that it definitely is doable. I mean, all of us, all of the med students here, we participated in OMED just a few uh, weeks ago, and it was such a great experience. And it was just a short weekend that we got so much out of. So I think it's definitely doable. And I wouldn't let that hold you back if you're worried about your coursework, because you can always get ahead before you go to the conference, or you can just spend a little bit of time, like if you're flying on the plane, studying and, and doing some work. So I, I wouldn't worry about that. I think that in general, if I had to say, I wouldn't go to one, more than one or two conferences in a block or in, uh, I would say like a half of the year. So like in the fall, maybe you attend one, maybe it's a more local one. And then in the spring, you go to one that you're, um, you've been dying to go to and you have to fly across the country or something like that. There's also at NYIT a nice break in the summer. This past summer, I took the opportunity to go to a conference in the Netherlands. So you can always, you know, plan ahead and look for conferences that you might be able to attend while you're on your break. That's awesome, Hannah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, go ahead, Jasmine. Also to add, uh, Hannah's a great idea taking your notes and, and things when you're traveling. But I think, you know, I think the beauty of us being in, especially on this campus is, or in this school, is that we have asynchronous lectures. We can download, you know, certain lectures onto our tablets or, you know, whatever mobile device that we have. And so we can actually utilize that while we're in airplane mode, while we're flying down. Sometimes these conferences there, if it's a full day thing, you're done after five, you can take a couple hours, go back to the room, do practice questions if your anxiety is getting to you that bad. And, and then come back out so that you can network with, you know, the dinners or the galas or whatever the case may be. I definitely think it's 100% manageable to maybe look at notes or, you know, anything like that while you're flying, while you're at the airport waiting, it's definitely manageable. No, and it's funny you say that because, you know, I would go to the airport gate right after the conference and I see a bunch of med students just ripping through Anki on their laptop waiting for their flight home. So it, it, it's cool. We really do fit a lot of stuff in a little time. And like you both said, it's very doable. Thank you for those responses. Those are great. Okay, so this question is probably a little bit more geared towards the faculty on our panel today. Do you think residency programs look at conferences that you have attended? And how would you say that impacts a medical student's application to residency? I think that's a great question. And residency programs do recognize people who go to conferences. Right? Because when you go to a conference, you're basically showing that you are interested in the specific specialty that of the, of the conference that you're going to. As Dr. Heller was saying, absolutely that residencies look at uh, conferences. They're looking at things that you would normally put on your CV. They're looking at those things that you're uploading, such as extracurricular activities. And of course, that's what these are. The other thing is also remember, you might meet a program director there. So there are definitely possibilities to meet that same program director again, be sitting in front of them. And they remember you actually from that conference that you were just seeing them at. And those are uh, absolutely great opportunities when you can make those connections together so that that person is really interested and now they're sitting in front of you. 
Agreed, 100%. Dr. Heller, would you like to jump in again on that? Absolutely. Um, so a lot of the conferences, what they'll do is that a lot of the program directors, uh, they have a residency fair. And at the residency fair, they have a set time, maybe it's for like three to four hours. And everybody gets to go around and they get, they get to meet the different residencies and the residency program get to do their recruiting. They get to meet a lot of the applicants and they help them in the long run because they get to know you before you even apply and you get to know them before you even apply to the program as well. So I think the benefits of going to the conference, the benefit of showing that you're interested in the program and the benefit of being able to meet and greet a lot of the, uh, the residency program directors. And when the residency program directors, a lot of them are academic, a lot of them are going to be the ones that are giving a lecture. Right? They're going to be the one giving the presentation. And a lot of time what they do is they'll bring their own residency uh, residents with them to, uh, to help support them. Right. So I think the overall benefit is there right? and it's the opportunity to really meet the residents as well as the, uh, the program directors. Very true. Thank you both. Yeah, you really never know who you meet at these conferences. They sound wonderful. The benefits are very clear as to what it is for medical student attending at conferences. Uh, but one could imagine, you know, that the cost of attending one will eventually add up with the logistics of flights, with hotels. Do medical schools financially sponsor students who attend these conferences? And if so, how can students apply for these scholarships? So as the advisor of several organizations on the Arkansas campus, I can say that there is some financial support. Of course, that financial support may not cover everything, but there can be financial support from the school as far as maybe support towards the hotel or possibly towards the flight. I think one of the best places though to look for financial support is at the organization itself. So this is why it's important to become a member of the specialty organizations that are out there, not just on your local campus, but make sure that you're joining at the national level and the regional level. Because even if you can't get to the national conference, maybe the regional level, they'll offer you even more financial support. But at the national level, they may be actually giving out gifts. I know that with my specialty, OBGYN, that the osteopathic organization that's related to that, they actually do give out a partial stipend to the e-board at the local campus, as well as members who may be coming there. I think the other thing when we talk about financial is think of those ways that you can possibly spend less money or look to save costs, such as if it's in a state that borders the state that you're in, maybe you can drive with a group of people. Uh, also, sharing the same hotel room if possible that would be one way to also save. So these are things that may help just a little bit, I know. But remember, I also see this as being a part of what you're here for. So when we have financial stipends from the school, such as our FAFSA, this is a part of that. A part of that is going to conferences. This is a part of medical school. Uh, Christina, would you like to add on to that? Um, yeah, basically for people who can't make it whether uh, to a conference, whether it be that they have other obligations and they can't travel, or even if financially they're unable to um, 
support, you know, going to a conference uh, that you definitely have the option of attending virtually. I don't know if every conference has that option, but a lot of them do. And you're still going to get the benefits of networking with people. It might be a little harder uh, to do that virtually. But again, like Jasmine said, you know, finding a way to kind of stand out, make yourself stand out. Um, so you can still get the the benefits of learning about certain fields, attending specific specialties, uh, lectures, and networking with people within those specialties that you're interested in. That's a great point. Thank you, Christina. Yeah, it seems like with the rise of Zoom and apps like Microsoft Teams, you can kind of attend a meeting anywhere in the world from anywhere. And it definitely makes these conferences a lot more accessible. Does the panel think that the advantages that you gain from a virtual conference are similar to those that you can have from an in-person conference? What are your guys' opinion on that? My take on it is it's not the same, but uh, every conference is different. Yeah, Dr. Loftus, that is a great point you just made. And honestly, going to the conference is just fun in general. So if you have the opportunity to go, I would say do it. I completely agree. Thank you both. Yeah, there's really no better way to make an impression than in person, you know? Uh, it's kind of hard to do so behind the keyboard. Um, okay, so we've talked about the logistics, we talked about networking, you've registered for this conference that you're excited for, you've booked your travel, you've booked your lodging. What else should you do to prepare? Um, you know, what should you wear? How should you present yourself? Do you think that you should study anything before the conference? Um, what's the panel's take on that? Abu, you can go ahead. Uh, as for what to wear, I'm the type of guy who looks for any reason to dress up. Like during rounds, everyone's going to be in scrubs and I'll be with my collar on. Won't go as far as a tie, but maybe that's something you should consider when going to a conference, maybe staying suited up, wearing a tie, the whole thing. However, I will say I went to a conference once and I saw a guy in flip-flops. So take that as you want to freely express yourself. But I think as medical students, we should stay professional as we can. Don't wear flip-flops. I don't think he was a medical student, but take that for what it's worth. Thank you, Abu. Yeah, toes are definitely a no-go. Dr. Heller, would you like to add on to that? Yes. The only thing I would like to add is that um, when you go to a conference, it's always a good idea to know who's going to be lecturing at the conference. Right? You want to get a good idea who's going to be at the conference. You want to get an idea about their background, where they went to school. Maybe there's something, some, something that can connect you with the lecturer or with whoever there is that's going to be there that you want to meet. Right. So it's good to know what the topics are going to be, what lectures are going to be, who's giving the lecture, right? The background about the lecturer, maybe they're a program director at a program that, where you want to go, right? And that gives you the opportunity to plan ahead and to make sure that you're there at that lecture five minutes before the lecture begins. And then you're the first one to ask any question if, if you have any question developed as the lecture goes on. Right? And then you get to meet them afterwards. I would also say don't wait until the end. Don't say I'm going to wait to meet this program director until the end of the conference, right? Because not everybody will go to the entire conference. Some people have to go back for a certain deadline. They got to go back to their university, to their work, to their employer, right? So not everybody goes to the full conference. So if you can get there and you can go to the conference, go to the lecture with of the people you want to meet, I think in the long run, that's going to help you out in the networking. Thank you, Dr. Heller. Uh, I'm going to have Christina jump in on this one as well. Um, so kind of just to go off of that, as someone who doesn't know personally, I don't know what specialty I want to go into. So attending a conference like OMED, where there's so many different specialties there, and there's a lot of overlapping lectures, um, I would definitely recommend like curating your own schedule before 
going to the conference. So you just have an idea of what you're interested in seeing. And like OMED has an app and you can go in there and it's really easy to just add things to your schedule and build it however you want and then decide what lectures you want to attend, what people you want to hear from. So, uh, but in terms of like studying or anything like that, I don't think you would need to do that. I would just say, bring a really good attitude and just be like excited, enthusiastic, and just have an idea of where, where you're going. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you both. Yeah. Definitely want to do your research and schedule out your days. Um, Dr. Loftus, do you have anything to add on? Yes. One last thing to add, as far as a recommendation, not only in just being prepared, but you should think about having a business card. I learned that the hard way. Always carry business cards with you. Uh, we now have apps that actually use QR code business cards. So create one before you go. That way you can quickly pull it out and hand that to somebody and also make sure you have something to keep business cards that you collect too. Yeah, love that idea. It's similar to Jasmine handing out the mini CVs she was doing. Jasmine, do you want to add anything on about that? Yeah. So the one thing I just wanted to tie into this is just be I be very self-aware on professionalism and how you present yourself. If you see that the person you want to talk to is in the middle of a conversation with someone else, don't just interrupt or or step in. And you know, sometimes uh, as med students, we don't really have that professionalism down to a T just yet, especially as a first or a second year student. And so we, you know, we all have room to grow at some point when it comes to this, but just make sure you keep an eye on that because sometimes you want to be remembered for the good things and not, oh, you were that one that did that crazy thing that we talked about when you left. So just kind of be mindful of that. And if you need to practice role-playing with someone or a friend or a mentor and faculty member, do so for sure. 100% agree. Yeah. There's definitely a fine line between, you know, being bold and being overbearing and you, you don't want to cross that line. Those are all great responses. Thank you all. Uh, so one last question. Uh, I just want to ask, where do students look to see if there are any upcoming opportunities or, or conferences in their area? Uh, what resources could you use or where do you hear about news for uh, things in your area, I should say? Abu, do you want to take this one? I think if you have an idea on the specialty you want to go into, you have a huge benefit already. Uh, you can use like maybe some research that you're involved in or some other like interest that you have to kind of hone in on what type of conferences you want to attend. Uh, for example, like there's a case report I'm working on right now that we're trying to submit to American Thoracic Society. And the way it worked is we found this case report and we decided to see if there were any conferences coming up that we could maybe share that. Um, so it's kind of like a, like a reverse situation. Like instead of looking for conferences at the conferences, find you. Love that advice. Thank you, Abu. Would anyone else want to add on to that? Yeah. Hannah? Yeah, I think we've all talked about this a little bit, how we went to OMED too. And as a DO student, you'll get emails uh, from the AOA saying about this conference OMED. And you're involved in these um, professional organizations. Just always try to take a look at those newsletter emails, like see what's coming into your inbox because they're always having conferences for these professional organizations like Dr. Loftus said. And then one thing I'd like to add about OMED is that, you know, everyone gets that email and says, oh, the conference is coming up. I didn't really know what it was going to be like before going, but honestly, I would say it was such a great and worthwhile experience because it's a conference made for DOs. It's 
students, it's uh, residents, it's uh, attending doctors, and you get to see all of these amazing DOs doing such great work. Like Christina said, it's from all different specialties and it's just was a really inspiring experience. So I think that it is definitely worth going to. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, honestly, that inspiration kind of puts context behind, you know, locking myself in a dark library for eight to 10 hours a day. So um, I, I also felt a similar way when I was at OMED as well. Thank you, everybody, for your answers. Does anyone have any final thoughts about conferences that you want to share with any prospective medical students or current medical students that are currently listening? Go ahead, Jasmine. I just have a little SGA plug. As SGA members, a lot of us on this call are part of the executive team or have been. And some of the benefits to that is being able to go to conferences due to requirements. And so I think that's a big plug, not just to go to conferences, but also to participate and also, you know, reach out to your SGA. Sometimes they have information on what's going on or what's coming up. Um, if they are in certain groups, committees, such as advocacy or COSGP, they know what's going on, what's going down on the ground, and they'll be able to give you that information or at least point you into the right direction. So it's just a little plug for SGA right there. Thanks, Jasmine. Yeah, as an SGA member myself, I also endorse that plug. Uh, Dr. Loftus, would you like to add on? Along with what Jasmine is talking about as far as SGA, that's why you have also joined all of these registered student organizations on these campuses, because they usually have a national association and organization. So it's not just, again, about being a part of that local uh, place. It's also being a part of the national organization. So make sure you're a member of those for most students, they are free membership. So this gets you in the door, this gets you emails. And of course, then you can find out about when these conferences are happening. Thank you, Dr. Loftus. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I would like to thank our student and faculty panel for joining us today to share their valuable insights, suggestions, and experiences regarding the benefits of attending medical conferences during med school. This has been a terrific conversation, which will surely benefit many students and also help open doors for those who have interest in participating in the conference experience during med school. Thank you again for joining us. And also a special thanks to our valued listeners. Take care, everybody.